Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. We're going to get into the three things you know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. We're going to get an update as far as players that have opted out of the season, where everything stands with COVID. Is there more Titans that possibly might not be playing this year? And then Denard and I are going to give you the person we expect to have a breakout season this year for the Titans. But before we get started with all of that, I want to ask, do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available in all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and on social media platforms at Believe Podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V Podcast. So as we jump right into the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. Number three on the list, we have an update on Titans edge rusher Vic Beasley. John Robinson said that he had been in contact with Vic. He is not here. He understands his absence is unexcused, and he told me he will be reporting to camp in the near future. That report came on July 30th, and it is believed that Vic Beasley had a funeral he was in attendance for. Still, you got to let the team know why you're not in camp, and uh, him not giving a heads up to the the staff is going to cost him $100,000. It's a $50,000 fine every day you are not present. That is unexcused. And since he didn't tell anyone he wasn't going to be there, that is an excuse. So that's $100,000 Vic Beasley will not be seeing. Number two on the list, the Titans have agreed to terms with first-round pick offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson is the final draft pick for the Titans in the 2020 draft class to sign his contract. Wilson is expected to compete with Dennis Kelly for the starting right tackle spot. It's also worth noting that he has also been removed from the COVID-slash-reserve list. Uh, We still don't know if he tested positive or if he just came into contact with someone who did and had to quarantine for a certain number of days. Based off the NFL, NFLPA policy, clubs are not permitted to comment on players' medical status other than referring to roster status. So, and number one on the list as we get to Clowney Watch. Man, these are just kind of getting depressing. Like, I know he's going to sign with someone before the season starts, but as it relates to finding out something Soon, it's it's still, there's just not much there. Uh, I mean, like, there's always speculation, like, oh, this team's, like, making a run at him, but there's not been really any validity to those statements. He's just, he's just hanging out. And if things continue like they are, I'm expecting him just to wait until training camp is over, and then he signs with the team to where he doesn't have to do camp, and he can just play the games. That's honestly how things look kind of right now. Still haven't got an update on whether he's scheduled a physical to come into Tennessee or not. It's just part of it. But we'll uh, we'll probably do it again next week. Clowny Watch, just expect for that to be number one. But that is the three things you know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. We're going to shift gears, and Denard and I, we're going we're gonna to run through a lot for you. Stick with us here on Believe in Titans. Denard, how are you doing this evening, man? I'm great. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to our conversation tonight. It's one of those things where we're looking optimistic. We're going to try to get into a, a thing or two that's, 
maybe flying under the radar, try to get some predictions out there. I mean, we've entered August. Normally, we're supposed to have preseason game here soon, but obviously with COVID, we know that all the preseason games have been canceled, so we're still a little bit more than a month and one week away from the Titans' first game on Monday night on September the 14th against the Denver Broncos, another team that you used to play for. So uh, your your first two teams you played for in the league, we're going to have a, a showdown coming up. It's right around the corner, man, and I'm just I'm excited about it. And as we get started for the conversation today, you know, one of the things we kind of talked about last week was with players having the option to opt out of the 2020 season due to coronavirus, we started to have some names that have hit the list for that special qualifying region of the reserve list. So far, Anthony McKinney is the only Titan that has decided to opt out this season. What are your thoughts so far? And with the deadline coming, the deadline for that opt out is August the 6th at 4 o'clock, so that'll be Thursday at 4 p.m. Well, you've only had 50 guys so far that have opted out, so that's not a lot. So majority of the guys are all in for this 2020 season. Now, I can understand guys saying, listen, you know, listen, it's just not worth it. We see it a lot in baseball. We've seen it in basketball. Uh, They got to Thursday. Will we see more guys? I don't know because it looks like right now a lot of guys are saying, listen, we got – the right protocols going. We feel like if we, you know, take care of each other, we'll be okay. So right now we haven't had any cases. Uh, most teams are, look like they're safe. I know down in New Orleans, I was kind of looking looking at Sean Payton where he's kind of quarantining his own team right now. They're, they're kind of like in the, the Saints bubble is what they call it down there. So if that's going to, you got to be proactive right now when you're dealing with this pandemic. So I like the way coaches, I like the way the medical staff, they're going at this. That way we keep the cases down. Hopefully we don't have no cases. And that's the biggest issue is one case is one case too many. So I'm hopefully there's no cases reported. And so if a guy wants to opt out Thursday, hey, listen, you know, so good. You know, I'm not mad at you because your health is your wealth. And if you feel like that outweighs the risk, then, hey, sit it on out. I'm not mad at you. As it relates to the Tennessee Titans, as far as guys that have made that list, Isaiah Wilson's the only one that I'm aware of, and he's already been removed from it. So that's a good sign. He got removed, and he also signed his contract. So every everyone for the 2020 class is already signed, and that's good news for the Titans as they get into training camp and start to really, I mean, get into the, the bread and butter of preparation. So as, as someone that has been through training camp, Denard, and I know that they're switching it up a little bit this year because this is unlike anything anyone's ever been through, but right. what part of training camp would you say was the hardest? Well, you know what, to be honest with you, especially my time at Tennessee and Denver, I love training camp because training camp to me is a time where you, it's getting you ready for the season. It's the boot camp. You know, it's the, it's the part that a lot of guys don't like, but I actually enjoyed it because to me, that's where you get to work. That's where you do all the dirty stuff to get ready to make everything good for the season. I've always said that how I approach the training camp and how I did in the training camp is usually how I approach the season and how I fared in the season. If I had a terrible training camp, I had a terrible season. That only happened twice. And I contributed that to basically having a bad training camp. So I've always said this is when you go in there positive, you, that's where you get your work done. So if you're Tennessee, any other, all 32 teams right now, this is just a time where you just iron out all the kinks, get everything out so you can get going when the season starts in September. Yeah, and from 
all the reports that I'm hearing, at least from the guys, as far as the Titans players, I know that's kind of the thing you you're supposed to say of like, oh yeah, I'm really ready. I'm I'm getting back right. into it. But I mean, whenever you're kind of like looking at their their expressions on their face, they they seem genuine about it. You can see that there's that that feeling of all right, you know, last year we came up short. Let's get back to work. Let's see if we can finally reach that mountaintop. And I'm I'm happy with the uh, the mentality that I've seen going forward with the Titans players, especially given the pandemic. So from a fan perspective, is reassuring. Yeah, that's great because think about it. This is the first time all the guys are together. You know, they haven't had no OTAs, no kind of off-season. Off-season been basically done in a lot of guys' garages. So this is the first time that, you know, everybody has had a chance to get together. Everybody's been social distancing, you know, not only in the public, but also in the sports world as well. So this is a good time that guys get a chance now to develop that continuity. And typically, that's what you do in training camp. You're just trying to develop that togetherness. You're trying to develop getting ready for the season, playing as one. And this is what they're going to use this time to do right now is to get ready for Denver because it's all about that Broncos game. And that's what they're, this is what training camp is about. You mentioned the Broncos. One of the bigger names that actually I saw opt out, starting right tackle, Jawan James, had opted out for Denver a couple of days ago. I'm assuming he was going to start at right tackle. That there, there's a chance he could have been at left, but that's uh, that's big news, and that's one of those things where, obviously, having those bookend tackles is something that you want to want to make sure you sure up because you're trying to protect your quarterback of the future and, and Drew Locke for Denver. So the Titans also worth noting. As we kind of talked about a little bit last week, but Vic Beasley, his absence seems to be over with as it relates yeah. to him missing training camp. So. The edge rushers, uh, it's, things might be a little bit easier for them in, in Denver. And we kind of are turning our eye to the season. One of the questions that we kind of gotten to the tighten-up mailbag a couple of times, and and we haven't really addressed it on the show yet, but I wanted to get to it today and, and just kind of make it a whole segment. But who is your breakout candidate for the Titans this coming season? Who's going to be that guy that just you weren't really seeing it or maybe he had been – overshadowed by several other players. But who is that guy for you, Denard? First of all, when I received that text from you this morning, the first name that came to mind was a guy by the name of Arthur Juan Brown. You probably don't know who that is, do you? You know who Arthur is? Arthur. Arthur. (laughs) Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator? No, Arthur Juan Brown. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. You know, he's probably, if he hears this podcast, he's going to be mad. This guy got the full name. name. (laughs) I was going with A.J. because I thought last year, I said to myself, this guy is on the verge of something very special. He reminds me of a clone. He is a Antonio Brown clone lookalike. I mean, he literally plays the game just like A.B. And I've always said that this is a guy, after what he did last year with over 1,000 yards receiving, he only, he only started, what, 11 games. I said, wow, this guy's phenomenal. But the guy that I'm going with, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, the guy that's got the most to prove, and I believe that will have a breakout season in 2020, is a young man they took in the 2017 draft, number five overall. His name is Corey Davis out of Western Michigan. I said it. I'm going to own it. He is going to have a breakout season. Tennessee Titans fans, get ready because Corey Davis is about to light it up, and I'm going to tell you why. You got the big man in the backfield. 
So you know teams are going to stack the box. They're going to put seven or eight guys in the box this year. They're going to say, hey, listen, we're not going to let 22 beat us this year. No. That's, the, what, that's what defensive coordinators are doing right now. That's what they're doing right now. Coach Fangio down in Denver right now, he's preparing for number 22 and number 11. I'm going to take away their playmaker, their playmakers. And guess who I'm going to make win the game for them on offense? Corey Davis. He's the guy we're going to single up. He's going to get a lot of this this year, one-on-one matches, one-on-one against DBs. And this gives him a chance to light it up. Last year, he only had, what, he had about 600 yards receiving last year, 43 receptions, and only two touchdowns. I'm going to go – I'm going on tape right now, Davey. Davey Hudson, I promise you right now I'm going to own this. After the season, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, Davey, I told you so. Corey Davis is going to play like we've ever seen him before because he's got a lot to prove. They basically – they've already said, listen, we're going to allow – we're not going to pick up your fifth year. Okay, what a punch right in the face. This is the guy that was taken fifth overall in 2017. They're gonna, it's going to make you an unrestricted free agent. So if you're Corey right now, this is not about just right now about Tennessee. This is about your future in the NFL because, listen, if you come out and light it up, you put the Titans in a situation where they say, whoa, we can't lose him. We got to sign him to a big-time you know, big contract. Or there's 31 other teams saying, hey, that Corey Davis lit it up, man. Let's go get him. This is a money time right now. This is he's only 25 years old. So if Corey, if you're gonna go get it, you gotta go get it now. This is the most pivotal time in his career. I'm telling you right now, I'm going on record. Corey Davis is gonna light it up this year. Why? Because it's gonna leave him one-on-one. And Ron Tannehill, like last year, AJ was his guy, his secret weapon. This year, Corey Davis is gonna be the guy that that offense is going to have to rely upon to make some plays because guess what? Teams are not just going to let number 11 and number 22 beat them. They're going to make number 84 have to win. And I promise you, he's going to step up and play big this year. Denard, I like your pick. It's a guy that Titans fans have been expecting big things out of for a long time. You know, whenever you go back to 2017 when the Titans made the playoffs, you get the win in Kansas City, and then you go on the road to New England where you unfortunately you get beat 35 to 14 but Corey Davis was the one guy in that game where you're just like all right I'm seeing that talent he's got those two touchdowns all right we're going to come back it's going to be bigger and better and it's going to just keep rolling and it's going to start to click for the guy 2018 you saw him start to put together a little bit at the beginning of the season he did have that game winner against the Eagles and then after that it just it just kind of stalled and I mean there's probably a couple of things you could attribute to that but as it goes to 2019, this past season, you're looking at him, and he's not getting the targets that you probably would expect for a top-five pick, but whenever you have A.J. Brown come on the scene like he did and you're having Derrick Henry just run through people's faces like it's nothing, sometimes guys are going to not be at the forefront whenever it comes to just demanding the ball. And that is one thing I will give I'll give Corey a ton of credit for. You've, you've never seen him really be upset or show the emotion of what you typically see from these top wide receivers that try to put on the the bit of the drama they're, they're divas at times like your Odell Beckham juniors right. and you know I I really do appreciate that about Corey because you've also seen at times with him where he set up some key blocks yeah. for Derek go on in for a touchdown so and people don't pay attention to that you know they don't pay attention to the little things that's the thing that you love about Corey 
is he does the little things, the blocking. The, he, he just don't go out there and touch a guy. You know, some receivers, you got to get on them and not block him. He reminds me a lot of Rod Smith and Eddie McCaffrey when I played with at Denver. He's going to block you. He's going to get after you. And people don't realize this. When Derek get past the second level, he's depending on his receivers to pick up those blocks. What that does for you as a running back is it gets you extra yards. Even that's how you break the big one when you got guys that are blocking downfield. And that's what I love about him. He's unselfish. But I think this is a year that's going to be a breakout year because he knows it. Listen, my career is on the line. This is a pivotal year. Not you're not just thinking in terms of Tennessee, you're thinking about 31 other teams, 31 other jobs. So I believe he's going to go out there. He's going to have a big year. I'm, gonna, I'm telling you right now, teams are going to stack that box. They're going to put an extra, extra guy in the box to stop that running game. They're going to double. They're going to slice. They're going to they're do everything they can to make sure number 11 is not going to beat us. So what he's going to end up doing is that's going to make single. They're going to single a guy on Corey. Basically, when you got a one-on-one -on -one matchup in the NFL, the way it works is you're, you're supposed to win your matchup. You want to get paid in this league? Win. And I think that's exactly the mentality that the coaching staff, the GM, they're saying, Corey, this is a year that we're going to count on you. Maybe if we want to take that next step, it's going to, de it's going to depend on you and how you do it and the, the success you have. Because that might be the missing piece to this puzzle is Corey Davis, the 2017 number fifth overall pick in the draft. I really do like your line of thinking, Denard. And whenever it came to me thinking of who I wanted to have as the guy I, I believe is going to have a breakout season, I had the same thought process. I'm like, all right, A.J. Brown. We saw what he did at the end of last season, really almost all of the season, because even with Marcus, he was still doing really, really good things. And you saw him start to be like, all right, this guy can, he, he's got wide receiver number one potential. And so I'm thinking defenders are really going to try to make sure to shadow A.J. They're not going to let him beat them. We already know the situation with Derek. Right. People people want to stop that run. That's that's the number one thing. Like if, if you're a head coach and your mindset going into playing the Titans in 2020 from what we know so far is not, hey, we're going to stop Derek Henry and we're going to make Ryan Tannehill have to beat us through the air. So with that in mind, my breakout star for the 2020 season is going to be Adam Humphreys. And it's, it's the same thing where John U. Smith came on late last year and so teams are like, all right, this tight end is very capable. He's another guy that's going to be able to take take more guys. And so, like you said, you're going to get these one-on-one -on -one opportunities with a lot of people. And I don't necessarily view Adam as a, a home run threat, but whenever you look at just you throw the ball towards him, he's usually coming down with it. He last year had a catch rate of 78.7%, and that was on 47 targets with 37 receptions. I mean, he only had 374 yards, which isn't a lot, but... At the same time, he only played in 12 games. He started in three of those, so he was banged up some here and there. But another year in the system, this is going to be his second year playing with Ryan Tannehill, playing with Arthur Smith, knowing what's expected. Watch for key moments for Adam Humphreys to be the go-to guy that the Titans look for on third down because everyone else is trying to cover Jonu. They're trying to make sure they stop Derek. They're trying to make sure they stop AJ. And we've seen the speed that Adam has. And if, if Humphreys is able to just make one move on his defender – who knows what can happen? And hey, if you need a safety blanket, I feel like that's the guy that at times last year Ryan started to go to, and you just saw him get these third down conversions that were critical to keep drives alive. And I expect to see more of that coming into into 2020. I mean, I know I said he had 47 targets this year. His last year in Tampa Bay, that's with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He had 105 targets from James Winston. 
and he had 76 receptions off of that, which obviously that was his, his biggest year. That's why he was able to get a very lucrative deal with the Titans. And the other team he had a bidding war with was the New England Patriots. So think of that same style of guy, like that Julian Edelman. That's what they're wanting Adam Humphreys to be here in Tennessee. And if you can get that out of him, and Derek's able to continue at the pace he has, you got AJ doing great things, Corey's able to step up, and you got Janu. I mean, it's just it's just one threat right after another when you're looking at this Titans offense and their weapons. Reliability. That's the word that comes to mind when I think about Adam Humphreys. You think about Tom Brady in all those years he was putting up those big numbers down in New England. What did he have? He had guys like Wes Welker. Yeah, you got a Randy Moss on the outside. You know that can stretch the field. But we're talking about a guy that can move the chains. That's what you get in Adam Humphreys. He can move the chains. He's that Wes Welker. That's what you need. That's why you go out and you get a great slot receiver. For that reason right there, what you just said. And that's what you want. You want to develop. I truly think Ryan this year is going to have a he's going to have a phenomenal year. Basically, if he carries that momentum that he carried down the stretch into this season, watch out. It can be scary. I don't want to play right now. I don't want to be in Denver playing in that secondary, having to face all these monsters that this Titan offense has. But I said right now, we pick two guys right now that might be the secret ingredient for this team getting down to Tampa. Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis, yeah, you have been called out. Step up, play big, and we might see Tennessee hoist the Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy in Nashville, when it's all said and done in January. These two guys might be the missing link. And I, I'd love it. I don't have this stat for Corey, but last year when Adam Humphreys was targeted, the quarterback rating for him was 114. Now, to kind of put that in perspective, now, Ryan Tannehill led the league in quarterback rating last year at 117.5. So you know whenever the ball is going his way, he's efficient in making the catch and then just making the quarterback look good. The fact, the, the fact that you know you have a receiver that you throw it his way, he's coming down with it. That's just something quarterbacks love to have. And you're going to see that with a lot of the, the guys that the Titans have this year to where they don't have to just, well, Ryan doesn't have to just go to one guy. He's able no. to spread it out. And you kind of saw that with some of the targets, the, the numbers of targets that were given last year for the team. For the guys at receiver and then some of the guys even at running back with some of your looks going to Derek and Deion Lewis. But that's just I mean, that's just part of it now for the NFL where you're having a running back coming out of the backfield right. expected to catch the ball. Well, that's why they went out and got Darrington Evans for that. Exactly. You know, he's that versatile type of player he can bring to the table. So again, Adam Humphreys is Ron Tannehill's security blanket. You got to have it, just like Wes Welker was to Tom Brady. Just like Wes Welker was for Peyton Manning. Why do you think Wes Welker is going to be in the Hall of Fame? How many slot receivers you know going into the Hall of Fame? He's going to be a Hall of Fame player. People know that because he was a security blanket. They always knew when they got in trouble where I can go, Mr. Reliable, Wes Welker. You always knew. He wasn't going to beat you deep. He's going to play you in the chains. What do you think made Hans Ward so successful at Pittsburgh? He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the biggest. But what did Ben Roethlisberger do when he got in? He found where Hans was, Mr. Reliable, Mr. Chainsetter. Why do you think Minnesota was so successful all those years when they first drafted Moss and they had that air raid down in Minnesota back in 1998 when they should have won the Super Bowl, but again, somebody went down there by the Falcons and beat them in the NFC Championship. But who was the guy that moved the chain for him? Chris Carter. I don't care if you had Brad Johnson, Randall Cunningham, yeah, Randall, when he wanted to go deep, he's going to go to the freak. 
Randy Moss. We knew that. But when he knew he needed a play, a big-time play, third down and seven, third and four, and I need that guy to make a play, who did he go to? Mr. Reliable, CC. He went right to CC. He knew exactly where his security blanket was in number 80, one of the greatest to play the game. He's not very fast, but he was a security blanket. That's what Adam is to Ryan. He's becoming that security blanket. But the guy that I believe this year for Tennessee to be successful and make that jump in 2020, get over the AFC championship into the Super Bowl game. I'm telling you, Corey Davis, he reminds me of, you know who he reminds me of? Who's that, Denard? 6'3", 205. A guy that went to a small school, he's in the NFL Hall of Fame today. When he came out of Marshall, everybody was saying, he told everybody, I'm going to tear you up when I get there. Oh, Randy. Oh, Randy, the freak, the fastest thing on two feet. And what did he do? He lit it up. He played with vengeance because so many teams passed up on him. Corey, he's got to have the same mentality as Randy right now. I am going to make a lot of people pay this year. Why? Because... He's got to remind himself that I was a, I was the fifth pick in the 2000. I can play. And Ryan Tannehill this year, they're not just going to let him dink and dunk to number 11. They're going to take him out of the get ready for that. He is a star now. You put up the numbers as a receiver. Just if you Jerry Rice, you think that they're going to leave Denar Walker or Jerry Rice. Well, if I was Denar, I'd see somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> You're always going to double the big guy, the Terrell Lawrence, the A.J. Browns the DK Metcalfs, you're going to go Hollywood Browns. They come in, they always light it up that first year. And then the second year, it's like, what happened? They start double teaming guys. They start working them. They start doing these things called slice and fist them, which means we're going to, we're going to work a double on you. We're going to make somebody else win. Corey, this is the year, man. I'm telling you right now, I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year. I'm really interested to watch Arthur Smith as he calls these games, because going into your second year, first year it's the the one time you've put something on tape like you, you can't really go back and be like all right here's what arthur smith has put on the tape beforehand so now that teams are able to go back study this offense what adjustments does he make knowing that defenses are going to try to counter to our strengths i mean is it a situation where the Titans are just like you know what we're just bigger and stronger than you so we're just going to continue to do what we do and just run it down your throat or are you going to see some adjustments here and there to try to trickle them into positions to where the titans are just hey they're just Making it look like it's nothing out there. Yeah. You can't stay stagnant in this league. You always have to be evolving, even coaches. You know, that's the thing about the great coaches. They never stay the same. I remember playing at, I say this when I played at Denver, Mike Shanahan offense changed every year. The terminology, everything changed. Sometimes when you think you got him figured out in practice, he come back with something new. Well, I thought, I just saw that formation. I knew what was going to happen right, wrong. He's always evolving as a coach. Coach Smith knows one thing when he calls the games this year. I can't call it like last year because teams are going to figure you out and then what's going to happen. Boom, interception, boom, tiger for loss, boom. What is happening? Well, you become stagnant. You can't do that in a sleeper. You're fired. You're out of the – so you've got to come back with something new. This year, they're going to implement these two guys in the offense more than we've seen anybody else in any given time. That's Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. Why? Because everybody – whole defense is going to be planned around number 22 and 11. They're going to say, you know what? We're not going to let these two guys. We're going to take away. That's the way this league works. We saw that the first year when Lamar Jackson was at Baltimore. 
they went to the playoffs and they played San Diego. And we saw the defense that the Chargers used against the against that Ravens team when they went in there and beat them, right? And they played like yeah. two defensive line and they had about eight or nine guys back. And they said, we dare you. You're not going to beat us. But what happened to Lamar Jackson? People thought he was just going to come back this year. He's going to run the football like he did at Louisville. No, he didn't. What did he do? They changed everything. And then he just started picking people off, you know, with, with, his, with his arm. People are like, where did that come from? He evolved. He changed. So the offense changed. We saw that down in LSU. Joe Burrow put basically numbers together that was very average a year ago. Nothing special. Nothing jumped off the chart. Nobody saw this coming, right? What happened? They changed the offense. You have to constantly keep changing in this business to stay relevant. That's just the way it works. To your points, like, I mean, Lamar Jackson, they completely tailored the offense around him. And even though he, I guess, probably ran around people is the right. best best way to phrase it for Lamar. But, I mean, he led the league in touchdowns last year. Exactly. And then you're talking about Joe Burrow and this LSU offense. What did they do? They went and they got Joe Brady to switch things up. And, boy, he came in there. They lit it up. And lit then Joe up. Burrow wins the Heisman, number one overall pick. And now he's the face of the franchise in Cincinnati. One word I tell guys all the time. There's two words that come to mind stagnant if you're stagnant in this business you won't last get your suitcase and you're gone but if you continue to evolve there's always room there's always room for you in this game that's just the way it works if you're evolving but Denard, i think that's a great note to leave it on for tonight this was a very fun topic for me to get into because it's it's one of those things where you're kind of getting to just be like all right let's just go ahead and speculate a little bit let's yeah. figure out who might be able to get some more opportunities this year What's going to happen here and there? How how are they tailoring these offenses to work? And so I, I thought your Corey Davis pick was great, and I'm not going to lie, I thought my Adam Humphreys pick was fantastic was as great. well. So, hey, we will find out sooner. It's longer it? awaited than we would like, but we'll eventually find out whether or not those come to fruition. But on that note, that is going to do it for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.